Collection at Catskills Curated. NarrowsburgUnion.com Welcome to the Local Edition News and Information, keeping you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm Jason Dolt. And it's Thursday, and the first thing we do on every Thursday on the Local Edition, it's our weekly check-in with Wayne County. And today we've got a big one, one that we've been waiting for uh, since uh, the end of last year, since December. James Shook of Palmyra Township took the oath of office as Wayne County Commissioner before President Judge Janine Edwards on Wednesday, December 28th, just before the end of the year. Shook's a longtime area businessman who was named by Judge Edwards to succeed Joseph Adams as commissioner because Joseph Adams was elected as state representative for the 189th Legislative District in November, and uh, he's serving out the remaining year of term and has decided to run for uh, election at the end of this year in 2023 and we knew this change was coming but we didn't know who would be named commissioner now we can say hello jim welcome to the program thank you for joining us well thank you for having me it's a pleasure to talk with you today so we mentioned a little bit of your background longtime area businessman can, can you tell us a little bit more uh, about yourself absolutely uh i was born here in wayne county in, in homesdale Wayne memorial hospital close to 57 years ago uh, lived my whole life here, went to Wall and Paul Pack, graduated from there. Uh, did a little schooling at a place called Williamsport Area Community College. Came back, got involved in family business, uh, started back with Chucky's Distributor, went on to Wall and Paul Pack Plains, uh, and then migrated into the family business of Lake Region IGA, where I had been for the past 23 years. Wow. So, you know, growing up in the area, I mean, this is, I grew up in, in my area, my side of the river here. I grew up here too in Sullivan County. So the, the thing that I always at some point want to talk to people about is if you've been here, uh, uh, for any amount of time, you've probably seen a lot of changes in, in the area. Can you, can you talk at all uh, about that? Like what's different from when you were growing up to, you know, now when you're uh, serving as commissioner? Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. As, as a kid, I spent most of my time, my parents never knew where we were until 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. We, if we weren't home by 6 p.m. for dinner, then they knew there was a problem. Uh, and that was long before cell phones. But what I've noticed in my lifetime is the expansion. Of course, you know, the economic growth of businesses and, of course, the huge development of communities throughout this area that have, you know, the wooded areas have diminished a little bit and larger communities have grown. Uh, I can remember as a kid walking along Route 6 by the Walpawpack School District, and it was all woods on both sides of the road. And you look at it today, and there's, it, it's so strongly built up with uh, businesses and economic growth. And you see the amount of people here. The roads used to be quiet here back in December and January and February in the winter. Now it's busy. Traffic's all, all along. So the growth here has been phenomenal, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to be part of this growth and, and, and staying here to, to witness it. So I, I enjoy this area, and I'm looking to probably expand my knowledge on it, and uh, and try to bring some you know efforts to make things a little better here in Wayne County. It's interesting that there's a bit of a, I would say, a, called a truism of the area. If you've looked at it for for that amount of time, that that there are more people, there is more development, or there's more houses. I do the same thing. I drive by roads that I've been driving by since I was a little, little kid and re- realizing like, you know, there didn't used to be houses there. Now there is yet for all of the growth, we're still a very rural area and still face, uh, 
I mean, there's great benefits to being such a rural area, but we also face certain challenges. There's so much ground to cover to serve this growing population in, in a rural area. Uh, yes, absolutely. And, and, and you do see that. I mean, the, the concentration of people certainly are in the Hawley area, the Holmesdale area, the Lake Wall and Paulpack area. That's the largest concentration. And then you, as you get north or, or south and you get a little bit more into the uh, the older farmland areas, uh, it, it's a big county. And when you look at the fact that there's only about 56,000 people here, that's not a big number. But when you get out in the rural areas, it is pretty uh, desolate, and uh, that's where a lot of services are needed more because of the fact of the less contact with the, the social services that are closer to town. So and well and before we get to what you're uh, working on right now or what you've seen in just the the two weeks that you've you've been a commissioner, um, what other community service have you done uh, before uh, taking on this post? Well, when I first got into the retail side of our family business, uh, I joined the Chamber of Commerce in Holly. So it, at that point, it was the Holly Lake Wampawpak Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I witnessed that growth and. Uh, it's changed into the Pocono Lake Region Chamber of Commerce, and then over the last seven years or so, it, it migrated and combined with three more chambers, making it the Chamber of the Northern Poconos. Throughout that time period, I had been president uh, for four years. I've been treasurer for four years with that organization. And um, so for 20-plus years, I served on that, and that gave me quite a bit of insight into uh, the different things that the county did and also the better connections I've made and networking with a lot of the local businesses. So that's probably where I spent most of my time. Uh, I have served on uh, Parks and Rec in Hawley for a few years, and I'm still semi-active there, not as much as I should be, but I'm part of that. I've also been on the board with the Lake Wampawpec Watershed Management uh, District for the last seven years. Uh, so that's where I've gotten a lot of connections to the area and uh, got a better handle on what different organizations are doing what in, in the county. And along with that, you know, throughout our service with um, with our retail side of it, we had developed our own uh, Lake Region Community Doc Foundation, which we is a private organization foundation formed by our family and our our, our kids children to uh, help families in need in the areas. You know, when they're suffering from car accidents or fires and stuff. So we've been able to connect more with the community through our own personal works. So we've got I've got quite a few years of. Uh, of working with people and working in the communities to uh, better better serve it, and that's where I find my passion today. Great, and I guess that's in part what led to you now uh, being a county commissioner. Uh, you've only been a county commissioner now since the the tail end of last year, the the December twenty eighth. What what? It's only a short amount of time, but have you you learned anything new? What are you encountering in this new position? Well, it's it's. It's funny you ask that question, but, you know, what's interesting is I find that some days I walk in here and I feel like I've been here for three years uh, because of the conversations we're having. And there's some days I walk in here and I have, I feel like it's day one because there's just so much that goes on and happens in the county when you're, you're working with 450 to 500 employees, the different uh, agencies. Uh, you know, it's, it's mind-blowing how many different agencies are under, under the umbrella of the county. And, uh, you know, the, right now, you know, the biggest thing we're just finishing up on is uh, challenging the map uh, for the broadband expansion through Wayne County. Uh, that That's a, one that I wasn't aware of that we're, we're dealing with. And uh, also we're working on a program here to expand uh, social services uh, to, to do a little bit more work with people coming out of um, 
uh, the behavioral health issues and also with uh, drug and alcohol. So the county's really engaged in making the, all, every effort possible to give everyone a good opportunity here in Wayne County. And that's eye-opening for me, and I enjoy to be part of that. As you look look ahead, you know, to what's coming in the year, what, what are you looking forward to? Are there any other uh, projects or issues you're looking to get into? Well, I... I, I, I want to work hard and fast uh, to get a better understanding and be a stronger advocate for Wayne County. So uh, in two months, back in March, I'm going down to Harrisburg for the CCAP seminars to get more, uh, to make the networking connections with other commissioners throughout the state and to go into some of their case studies and uh, programs they're offering so I can get brought up to speed on what, you know, the best services that the county has to offer. And also uh, I'm looking to expand my uh, knowledge of the human services here at the county level. Uh, that's probably my biggest link. I, I didn't realize how many agencies are served by the county uh, from the area of aging right down to children and youth and behavioral health, and that's where I don't have much knowledge, but I want to get uh, more enrooted in that and get better connected to what services are provided so so I can answer questions better when people ask. Uh, those are my challenges, and those that's my uh, dream wish to get through in the next six months or so is, is to work with that on the county, but um, it's, it's, it's educational, it's encouraging, and I'm enjoying so far what I've been involved in. That's great. I want to just ask you a couple of things that, that I find interesting about Wayne County that I've kind of been talking to folks in Northeast Pennsylvania about, as I've learned so much the last couple of years, as we've been doing these regularly, regular spots as somebody who's more familiar with Sullivan County. Um, and I guess the first of those, and this is really just the last 12 months I've really gotten my head around this. Wayne County is like the tallest county in Pennsylvania, meaning it's got the furthest distance north to south. It's an odd shape. There's a there's a big distance to travel north to north to south. I'm wondering if that uh, plays into any issues that you see locally. If that changes uh, some, it brings different challenges or benefits uh, to how things work in Wayne County. In your experience, well, it, it's absolutely challenging, especially with uh, transportation uh, in the wintertime. Uh, there's parts of the county here where the, it could be raining, and there's other parts of the county that they're getting sleep, freezing rain, and they wonder why you might have to shut down the, the county uh, because of the transportation issues, uh, and that's why. It's, I mean, it, from the north and south points, there's a big difference in the demographics and the, and the climate, so there's a lot of dealings with that. I'm also, uh, I was in a meeting last night uh, with the chiefs of the fire department, and uh, we noticed there we were talking about training and education. And for some of those chiefs who, who work up in the Prompton area or even farther out or even uh, in a very northern tip uh, in Storucca of Wayne County, uh, for them to get training uh, and, and either discounted training or free training of them to travel down over to, to the Pike County facility, they've got over an hour before they even get there. So it's amazing the the challenges we have covering such distances. So those are the things that we are they're on our radar and we're looking to uh, try to do our best to ease the expenses on on the traveling part of it and and also offer the same services here in the county. Yeah, and and that leads to my my other point that that I find really interesting is just realizing how rural um, Northeast PA can be especially uh with with Pike County um not having it seems like not having as much infrastructure sometimes as Wayne County and like, for instance, with the hospital, you're not having a hospital in Pike County mean there needs to be some level of shared 
services. Are you looking at that at all? Is that is that the case? As you become like a county commissioner, do you have to look at your relationship with folks in Pike County as well? Uh, well, what I've learned so far here at the county level is the, the commissioners here have an excellent relationship with Pike County and the Pike County commissioners. In fact, I was um, uh, surprised that, that uh, they showed up here on the, my swearing-in day uh, to welcome me as a commissioner and to uh, talk a little bit about what to expect going forward. So they're extremely supportive of what happens here in Wayne County. And uh, I do know that Pike County is working on increasing their efforts uh, on in the medical fields down there to, to get services, better services and more localized locations. And yes, uh, there are shared services between both counties. And as that's needed, that'll be, that'll be looked at and, and decide whether or not we're going to expand on to it or if we can facilitate somehow one or another. But having that relationship has always made it a very easy question to ask. Right. And, and the fact that they, they came for, for your swearing in, I think that's, that, that kind of answers my question right there is I'm looking for that nature of that relationship between Wayne and Pike. And that speaks volumes right there. And, yes. you know, good yeah. on, good on both counties for that. Well, um, that's, and I thank you so much for indulging me in the various questions that, that I had for you totally on the cuff. This has been a great conversation, but is there anything else you want folks to know before we go? You know, I think the most important thing that I'd, I'd like the, the local folks know is that uh, I'm not here for uh, I'm not here to for a salary or for a job. I maybe correct that a little bit. I'm not I'm not here for the job. I you know I, I come from a retail business that's been fairly successful, a good family business. Uh, I'm more here to serve, so I'm not taking advantage of the, a lot of the opportunities that the state has to offer, the county has to offer for me because I don't need them. I have those benefits through. Uh, my own business at home that my, my daughter and my brother are, are currently operating. Uh, so I'm here more to, um, to help than I am to, for any other reasons. It's, it, you know, it's, I'd rather serve. That's my satisfaction with working here in the county. Well, Jim Shook, brand new county commissioner in Wayne County. I want to thank you so much for talking to us tonight, and I want to wish you all the best uh, for the year ahead. Thank you. It was a pleasure to talk with you as well. I appreciate the phone call. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about understanding disability and people with disabilities. That's next, right after this break. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Jason Tuga, host of The Mixtape, is taking a brief break so that we can try out some potential new DJs. Let's meet tomorrow night's guest host. I'm Callison Stratton, a singer-songwriter and proud resident here of the Upper Delaware Valley. Liberation Station highlights women, female, and femme-presenting musicians in my little attempt to adjust the balance of representation on the radio. Liberation Station, filling in tomorrow night on The Mixtape. New year, new voices, Radio Catskill. Listen local. I'm Jason Tuga, host of The Mixtape. Every Friday night, it's my goal to bring WJFF listeners great music. Music from all over the world. Stuff that's been lost in the archives and needs to be heard. Classics you already knew you loved. 
and new stuff from established and emerging artists. All right here on the mixtape, WJFF Radio Catskill. Friday night at 7 on Radio Catskill. Oh, you never know what's going to turn up in the rotate. Yes, uh, the mixtape this week. It'll be a special fill-in show. Uh, Jason Tuga will be back uh, in February. Hey, you know what? This is a local edition. News and information to keep you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for coming back for part two of the program. And coming up on uh, Tuesday, January 24th, E.B. Crawford Public Library Monticello is hosting an in-person discussion on understanding disability. It's a judgment-free zone, and the host of the talk, Lee Karasik, was born with a mild form of cerebral palsy. CP, raised in Sullivan County, is a father, musician, photographer, EMT, disability educator, self-proclaimed foodie, and, quote, an all-around nice guy, end quote. I will believe that. Because he's on the line with us right now because he's on a mission to clear up misconceptions floating around regarding what it's like to live every day with varying ability. Lee, welcome back to the station. Thank you for joining us on air tonight. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, the last the last time we had you on the local edition was uh, in November of 21, so it's, it's been a little more than a year. Uh, you did a similar talk uh, virtually. Is this sure. is this kind of like continuing uh, on uh, on that theme? And how does it feel to be able to do this one in person? So um, it's uh, it, it's amazing to be able to do this in person. Uh, the yes to answer that question. This will be similar. The last uh, in person discussion that I had was actually back in. 2018 and then um, you know we had the uh, pandemic and so I haven't seen people I haven't done a um, had a discussion in person since the pandemic and so I'm really super excited to be able to meet with with the community again and, and really um, you know answer questions and, and debunk the myths. Great. And this, and did I have the correct date? It's, it's the Tuesday after next, January 24th? Yes. Yep. Tuesday after next from 6 to 7.30. So, you know, uh, we could talk about why you do the talks, but you've, now that you've done this several times, let's approach it from the other way. What have you learned from doing this talk as you're trying to help the public learn? I mean, I, I've learned that I think we still have a lot of work to do as a community, as a, a community um, as a whole. Um, you know, there there are people, you know, just in general who are are not sure how to approach folks that have disabilities. Um, some some folks are afraid to approach folks that have disabilities. Um, there, I find that they're afraid to ask questions and, and find out the why. And so my goal in, in doing these discussions is to really, you know, let people know that it's okay to ask why and it's okay to, you know, ask questions that they actually have. I personally would rather people ask questions than to wonder. I mean, that's just the way that we, we can educate and, and 
you know, make people feel more comfortable. Of course, there, there may be other folks out there that aren't as comfortable with having people ask them questions or conversely may be tired of people uh, asking them questions. Uh, and, and in that case, you're, you're kind of, you're doing them a favor too, because you are comfortable with it and you want people to ask you questions. So you're kind of reaching out. Correct. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to advocate for those who may be uncomfortable advocating for, for themselves, or maybe they can't advocate for themselves. Um, so it's really one of my goals to be able to advocate for, for folks across the board. Um, I think that, you know, as a community, we have to really open our eyes to the fact that, the, you know, the folks within our community that have disabilities or varying abilities are, you know, just the same as everybody else. And um, it's, it's just a, a huge goal of mine to make sure that everybody is, is treated as such. You know, there you talk about advocacy, and you know, a big part of that is is addressing how how we treat each other, how one person treats another person, and that's what you're trying to help with. But some of that behavior between people is also reflected in the laws and the norms of the land. And just because you brought up advocacy, I was wondering is there is there are there other things that need to be done in terms of our our society or infrastructure beyond what individuals are thinking or doing are there any policies you're looking that for at that should change or or uh just practices that you see in the communities that need to change is there something beyond individual opinions and behavior that that you would like to see changed i think that you know as a whole you know business owners anyone that has a has a business or establishment um, really need to become familiar with, you know, the Americans with Disabilities Act and what that really means and what accessibility as a whole really is. You know, you could say that you have a business that's accessible, but if if things are missing like 36, 36-inch uh, doorways so that a wheelchair could get into your establishment um, or accessible toilets, so that if someone who's in a, a walker or a wheelchair needs to use a restroom, they can use a restroom. If you're missing those things, your establishment is not really accessible. I mean, I, I could I could go on and on and on, but again, the 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 key with that is is looking at ADA accessibility and the Americans with Disabilities Act. You know, and and when we refer to the the ADA, um, you know that was. This summer, it will be almost 33 years since the, the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990 was passed. It's 33 years later, and you're still looking for people to, to still do. And so much has been done, but there's still more that people need to remember to do to even be compliant with what's now a, a three-decade-old uh, uh, law. Correct. Correct. I mean, and that's the thing. You know, again, it's been it's been in play for so long, and yet... We still have so much work to do. Um, I've, I've been in establishments and, you know, business owners say to me, well, we're grandfathered in and we don't have to follow the ADA or the Americans with Disabilities Act. Yeah, that may be true. You know, some, some businesses may have been built before the ADA um, Act was put into play, 
But if, if, you know, we're looking at an inclusive community, if we want the community to be inclusive, everybody's got to play the game and, and be involved. Right. You know, if somebody actually, if you're actually having that conversation with someone, like you're bringing something to their attention, and if they say, well, we're grandfathered in, that's like another, uh, it's another way of saying almost like, my grandfather said it's okay to treat you like a jerk. You know, correct. Correct. I couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. Well, um, you know, but, but, uh, and seriously though, like you say, there's still work that needs to be done with businesses here in Sullivan County, Northeast Pennsylvania. This is a region where one of the biggest industries in the region is tourism. Businesses want uh, patrons. You want people out at your restaurants. We are, you know, hospitality is a big thing in area. So that's another angle that that might be interesting for some local folks if they happen to be uh, business owners. Your your talk might be a thing for them to check out. Absolutely, and if for some reason they can't make it to the discussion on uh, January twenty fourth, I'm always. Happy to, you know, meet with business owners and other, you know, establishments within the community to kind of come to the, come to the location and, and look at it from my perspective and my point of view, um, you know, to, to give thoughts on whether or not it may or may not be completely accessible. So that, that's something that I'm always happy to do. You know, staying on the topic of restaurants, but switching to just the issue of food itself. Uh, in the notes here, it says you're you're a self-proclaimed foodie. So I was wondering if you could take a moment to talk about what uh, your favorite dish might be. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a lover of Italian food. So anything anything Italian, I like authentic Italian. Um, you know, any anywhere I can get some good Italian food, I'm I'm all in for that. So, uh, I I actually had an opportunity. I'll tell you quickly how I got into food. When I was 10 years old, I met Chef Emeril Lagasse, uh, and he I was actually on his show, and he's the reason why wow. I like food so much today. Well, so. well, wait, what was that like? What actually happened when you're on the show? So I was on the show. He actually. For my 10th birthday, I wrote to his, uh, his agent and I wrote him a letter and I said, you know, I'm one of Emerald's biggest fans and I'd love to come and meet him. And they actually, uh, ended up replying to myself and my family and they sent us tickets to the show. It was a great show. We had some really great food, uh, great experience and I actually, got to make a donation toward his BAM bus. So that was that was a pretty cool uh, opportunity. That's fantastic. I was just saying, as he inspired you to continue kicking it up a notch even years later. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, before we go, we'll remind people about the talk one more time. Uh, we've got, But we've got another minute. If there's anything else you want to let folks know that we didn't touch on, uh, we've still got a minute here. Yeah, no, I'll just say, you know, again, I appreciate the time and I really hope that, you know, the community as a whole will come out to the library on January 24th um, from 6 to 7.30 p.m. I look forward to, you know, meeting with everyone and really sharing a little bit about my life. Um, my fiancé will be 
in the room. My two kids will be in the room. My family will be in the room. So it's not only going to be a conversation with me, but it'll be a conversation that my family as a whole is involved in. So lots of opportunity for questions and answers. Well, that's, that, that's, that's great. And it's, again, it's great that you're, you're willing to talk and you're willing to tell people, Hey, don't be afraid to talk. And then to have your family involved too. That's phenomenal. The talk is called Understanding Disabilities in a Judgment Free Zone, happening Tuesday, January 24th, 6 p.m., Ethelbert B. Crawford Public Library in Monticello. And the giver of that talk, we've been talking to Lee Karasik. Lee, thank you for joining us once again. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great evening. You too. Well, that's going to do it for the local edition. News and information keeping you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. Remember, if you uh, happen to miss any of this program or any of our other programs, it's available at WJFFRadio.org on the archive. And to make sure that you never miss an edition of the local edition, you can sign up for our podcast wherever you get your podcast from. It's the local edition from Radio Catskill. Stay tuned. Coming up, we've got Ramble Tamble with John Gordon. He'll be starting in just a minute. I'll let you know it is pouring outside of our studios here on the shores of Lake Jefferson. Uh, I'm sorry, outside of our studios here on Route 52 in Liberty, New York, um, a bit down the road from Lake Jefferson. Rain tonight, overnight low near 35. It'll be warming up through the overnight, though, uh, heading towards a high of 48 tomorrow. Still cloudy with occasional rain. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy and colder. Overnight low down to 21. Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Community Foundation of Orange and Sullivan, working with charitable people, businesses, and organizations to support worthy causes through more than 360 charitable funds. CFOSNY.org. Ba and Me, classic Vietnamese food made to order from fresh ingredients with locations in Honesdale and Livingston Manor. Menu and hours online at baandme.com and on Instagram and Facebook.